Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. What's happening? So today we're talking with our first... You know, I can't believe we've had this podcast for over a year now. We haven't talked to a ranger. I know. We're on season two, and we are just talking to our very best of the best, brightest, sharpest knife in the drawer. Well, he's elite. He's oh, an elite, elite ranger. Elite. Yeah. 100%. Yes. He has a cape? I believe he wears okay, a cape okay, at okay, all okay. times. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jared? <laughs> Not much. Jazz to be here. Awesome. Well, you might recognize him as star of the Red Rock State Park Facebook page. Um, they have tons of awesome and informational videos about hiking, safety, and whatever you might want to do up in Sedona. So check that out. And we're really excited to talk to Jared today. Yeah, should be a good time. So Jared, I mean, how's it been up there, man? I mean, you guys been busy or uh, what have you been up to out at Red Rock State Park? Uh, so not too busy. Uh, winter's kind of our, our slow season, uh, but we have been a little bit busier this year and then the past year than we have ever been before. So just trying to deal with the influx of new visitors coming out to the trails and, uh, you know, my, my daily routine often varies. You know, I could be playing plumber one minute and then heading out to the trail to, to help with a hiker for something else the next. Nice. And that, you brought awesome. up a good point with the new people coming out to the park. So that's uh, that's likely a result of, you know, the COVID pandemic and people, you know, looking for new ways to get out and, and have fun. Um, have you noticed a difference in the way people are using the park as a result of that? Yeah, like our park specifically is a uh, nature preserve and a habitat protection area. Um, so we're, we have we have a lot of rules here, so we don't really allow people to get off trail here. We don't have trash cans. Uh, so everybody that comes in, we tell them to pack in, pack out. Essentially, like everything you're bringing into the park, we ask that you take it back out with you, like candy wrappers, soda cans, all that stuff. Um, so with, with the influx of visitors and new people getting out onto the trails, it's, we, we have been finding ourselves like getting out a lot more and explaining rules to people, just kind of going over the... You know, the experienced trail user would know a lot of these things already. So it's just kind of been, we've just been doing a lot more education than like what we're used to, more outdoor education. Yeah, and that's awesome. Um, I really like to see new people getting out in the parks and kind of seeing all those awesome things that we know about that we kind of try to share with people. But there is a lot of responsibility that comes along with that um, in treating things the right way and um, practicing leave no trace policies. You know, and I think a good resource for that is on our website at azstateparks.com slash recreate responsibly. I think it is a good resource, Neil. Thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) And people can find all the Leave No Trace principles right there on the website so they can understand uh, what it takes to be good stewards of the land and how to, um, I guess for lack of better terms, recreate responsibly. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it might be a good idea to get... uh, from straight from a ranger's mouth, what it means to them to recreate responsibly. So what, what do you think, Jared? What, what does recreate responsibly mean to you? Uh, for me personally, it's like to start out would just be to have respect for the land. Um, you know, we're not, we're not the first people to ever walk on these trails. We won't be the last. Um, like I was always raised to kind of like leave it better than you found it. Um, so as far as like recreating responsibly, um, getting out on the trails, like, don't leave your trash behind. Um, if you see other people's trash out there, like if you have the ability, pick it up and take it out with you. 
Uh, one thing I don't think people understand is that like banana peels, apple cores, orange peels, all that is trash. That Some of that stuff takes years to fully biodegrade, some of it just a few weeks. But even if it's just a few weeks, the next person coming down the trail doesn't want to look at your banana peel. Yeah, they don't want to see and that. I, yeah. No. Yeah. And I see a lot of banana peels that still have those stickers on them, too, so now you have your your plastic waste out there with your organic waste. Yeah, definitely. And um, we've been talking a lot about that lately because leaving foods like that, even though they are biodegradable, they can really have an effect on the wildlife. And that's something yeah. at Red Rock that is super important to the area. Well, like, what if they litter right by the road and then litter with the uh, the apples, let's say, and then Havelina was like, oh, my gosh, look at that apple. I want to, you know, mount out on that for a little bit. And here comes a car, and then one thing leads to another, and it's a horrible <laughs> situation just because somebody threw out an apple. Yeah, right. <laughs> a know. seemingly harmless act can have dire consequences for some of our friends who don't have a voice. Definitely, and it's definitely a chain reaction, too. I mean, you, you think that you're giving this organic matter back to the earth that made it, but it just affects things in a way that we don't really consider. And that's that, that's a good point because I think that a lot of people aren't trying to be malicious when they're out there and people want to recreate responsibly. They just don't know how to do it and what, what it takes to do so. Definitely. Yeah. And like another big one for me is just like being respectful of other, other people that are out on the trail. Uh, like you're not the only one that's going to be out there that day, most likely. Uh, so like one of my biggest pet peeves is like people who are out walking around with like a loudspeaker on or playing whatever, whatever type of music they like. And you can hear it from like a quarter mile away. That's a huge but, pet peeve of mine. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, it bothers me, of course, because we're all out there trying to, you know, have a good time and keep to ourselves, especially during COVID. But also, I mean, such a big deal is being respectful of the wildlife. I mean, it it really does come back to that for me is that... There are so many wildlife out there that's going to spook them. That's going to disrupt their daily activities. So, I mean, we're to some extent wildlife also, but <laughs> Pretty much so. yeah. but yeah, so it does that you hit the nail on the head there. That's a really big pet peeve of mine. <laughs> right. And a lot of the recreate responsibly to me is just kind of um, treat others and the earth, how you want to be treated. You know, a lot of, it's just so it's common sense, a lot of it, but I think people get overwhelmed and they're not able to adjust and understand that it really is pretty easy to, to follow these principles. Yeah. And being outdoorsy is such a culture. Um, you know, you get REI culture, you get that um, these people who are really experienced and know what they're doing and have been doing this for a long time. And it can kind of feel inaccessible. So I think doing the education that you guys are doing at Red Rock and throughout the park system is really, really important for everyone and especially new park users to kind of get that first sense of how do I leave this better than I found it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We want, we just want to make sure that it's that outdoor spaces are for everybody and not just a set group of people. It's not just for people who like to be outdoors per se, but it, it should be for people who live in the city and have never foot set foot on the trail. It's, it should be accessible for them to come out and start getting into hiking, start getting into nature. That's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to share our love for the outdoors with everybody, and you're you're doing a great job helping us do that. <laughs> hey, everybody. We're going to take a quick break from the show to talk about something that might help some of you enjoy Arizona State Parks even more. That's right, Randy. I think the listeners might appreciate some real talk about cabin and campground experiences in the parks and how staying overnight can enhance their experiences. 
Great idea, because you know, Neil and I have had a chance to experience a lot of the parks and have a ton of memorable stories about each of them. It's just so convenient to wake up and start exploring right from your cabin or the campground. No drive, no racing the sunrise, just wake up and you're already there. If you like watching birds or wildlife, there's no better time than the morning to see them in action. I love being able to hit the trail early and see deer and birds just doing their thing. And since I'm already there, I don't have to wake up super early to get there. You know, some people just like to wake up and enjoy the sunrise with a cup of coffee before enjoying the park. And that's okay too. I think we all deserve a relaxing morning once in a while. State park cabins or campgrounds are such a great place to relax too. Right. Or you can have the best of both worlds. Oh, great. Are you going to talk about fishing? Of course I am. Fishing is relaxation and adventure all wrapped up in one amazing package. And when you wake up in a cabin or campsite, you're already near the lake and can take advantage of the best fishing time when the fish are active. So you're telling them if they stay in one of our campgrounds or in a cabin, they're going to catch more fish? Well, kind of, I guess. Well, regardless of how you want to enjoy a park experience, if you spend the night, you will open up your options. To learn more about our cabins and campsites, go to azstateparks.com slash reserve and book your future memories. Man, now I want to go fishing. So, and you mentioned that you're going to be rolling into your busy season coming up because winter's kind of slow, but then as spring and summer come in, it's, it, there's nice weather up in Sedona. Mm-hmm. And something that uh, I guess plagues hikers, especially when there's new ones, is safety out on the trail. Because every year we hear stories about people uh, passing out from heat exhaustion or needing to be rescued from the trail. Uh, what are some things that people can do to address those issues before they even get on the trail so they don't get into trouble? I think that, like, first of all, just, like, plan and prepare. Like, do just do a little bit of research. Uh, like, how long is the hike you're going to be going on? Is it going to be real strenuous? Is it going to be really shady? Uh, is it going to be flat? Like, if you just do a little bit of research, um, kind of maybe if, you, if you're going with somebody else who's done it before, talk with them. Um, so if you do a little little preparation, a little planning, that can help in the long run. Uh, that way you can know how much water you might need, if you're going to need food. Uh, is, like, are you hiking on a mountain? You're going to need to take a rain jacket because there's going to be a storm blowing in. Um, like, plan and prepare is, like, one of the biggest things that you can do. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, something that's really easy to do is, even if you're not, um, I mean, Googling helps a lot. Any place like REI or our website have tons of resources. But you can also join Facebook groups um, and ask there. You can make friends through there and ask like-minded people. Um, Like our Facebook group, Explore AZ State Parks, has, I mean, first of all, me and Neil are in there talking to people all the time. Um, But, I mean, there's rangers there. Red Rock shares their videos there. So there's so many people in that group that you can say, hey, I want to do Eagle's Nest Trail at Red Rock. Is it super hard? Is it shady? Should I bring more water than I think I need, which the answer to that is always yes. Um, yes. So like things like that, it, it can be good to have that community if you're just starting to get into it to like have people that you can ask questions, even if you don't know them that well. Well, yeah, that's a great point. The research before and asking other people, because, um, you know, we could say a hike's easy, moderate or hard or whatever. But since everybody's so different, what does easy, moderate or hard even mean? Right. So if people are able to ask questions about uh, what the trail's like, they can make their own decision to be like, you know what, I think I can do this trail. Yeah, and especially um, like with solo hikers, it can be kind of dangerous to go out there by yourself. So maybe you find someone like-minded who's 
kind of at the same skill level that you are and you guys can go and explore that trail together and learn from it and learn from each other. That's so important to treating things with respect and learning more about these skills is having that community around you. What's the the biggest problem that you run into out there, Jared, regarding hiking safety? Ooh, uh, probably just the, like summertime, especially, but people just lack of preparation. Like they, they roll into the park, they're from Phoenix, like a little over a hundred degrees. So they're thinking it's, you know, it's not that hot, but hundred degrees, hundred degrees. Definitely. So they, they start walking on the trails. They have like, like six ounces of water with them. And then that, you know, hundred degrees, that six ounce of water is going to go by real quick. Yeah. So they end up kind of getting themselves into a situation where, you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to get back. Okay. But it's always that like 10th time or that, that unusual circumstance where if you had just planned a little bit better and brought a little bit more water with you, you know, like things could go much differently. Oh yeah. It's really just a a lack of preparation. And you're never going to regret bringing extra water or extra snacks or a hat or, you know, a jacket if it rains. Um, That's not heat safety, but just general safety. Um, You're never going to regret over preparing. You know, another point that I'd like to make is, and I think it's kind of overlooked, is prehydrating. Like if you know you're going to go on a hike and it's going to be hot out, you're going to be losing a lot of moisture. Uh, Drink a lot before your trip so you have that reserve and then replenish when you're on the trail. Yeah, especially if you're coming up from Phoenix. I mean, drink a water bottle on your way up there. And to add to that, like an electrolyte tablet or something that you can put into your water that that puts in like um, vitamins and minerals so it's not just just water Um, because in the summertime when it's really hot again and you're sweating out um, you're sweating out more than just water so you're losing a lot of those vitamins and minerals Um, so if like I like to use the like noon tablets or things like that that I can throw in my water bottle and just gives me a little extra oh yeah that's really good advice you can never what there's that phrase that's um if you're not overdressed you're underdressed if you're not overprepared, you're underprepared. That's right. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> what is that, a Coco Chanel quote? <laughs> I'm sure be. it's something yeah. like that. <laughs> Take one accessory off before you leave the house, but not when you're hiking. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to meme it with your picture. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Post it in the Facebook group so that everybody can laugh at you. <laughs> I don't know if they'd laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but- we're, we're all about kindness here. I think they'd laugh at whoever was being meanest. I'm know. sure that that is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So. Well, Jared, you're a wealth of information. Um, I kind of want to ask you, you've been a ranger for a little while now. Can you tell us what your favorite part of that is? Uh, oof. There's so many to choose from. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, where, it's getting to work with us, right? Yes, no, absolutely. Uh, this, this podcast, as of right now, is my favorite thing about being a ranger. Okay, awesome. thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's your second favorite, then? Uh, the phone call that we had last week where I talked with both you, Randy, and Neil. <laughs> but my, <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about being a ranger probably is, is just getting to work in these beautiful spaces. Um, you know, we don't. I think a lot of people have a misconception about what being a ranger is, and a lot of people think that we just spend our days walking on the trails and communing with nature. Um, that happens sometimes, but that's pretty pretty unusual for a lot of us just to be able to get out and walk around and like talk with people. Uh, but just being able to work in these some of these 
you know, beyond epic spaces that we just get to look at every day. And then that we get to talk with all these people that come from all over the world to some of our state parks. Um, and so I've, I've had conversations with, you know, people who are on vacation from Germany or people who are coming up here from, you know, just a couple hours away from Phoenix or we have locals coming in that have lived in the area for over 30 years and they just now found out about the park. Um, so sometimes the human interaction that we get is 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 really nice. Um, but it's, you know, it's every day is a little bit different, so it's really hard to say this one thing about my job is my favorite, but there, there are many different aspects of this this job that I absolutely love. Well, that's awesome, and I love the way you put that. And, yeah. And I hope that after we release this podcast, you get flooded with tons of podcast listeners coming up there and talking to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and it must be so fulfilling and so satisfying to know that the work you're doing is helping to protect those spaces that you think are, you know, and that are so incredible and amazing and epic. That's just, I mean, I know me and Neil get a lot out of it just from what we do on the um, education side. So I can't imagine being out there and like really seeing like the difference that you're making. That's amazing. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of us get into this business is to to maybe help protect these lands or or help educate and just make these places accessible to to the masses and not just the person that can afford an REI backpack, but that person and then the person who's just out there carrying like a gallon of water. Like it's it's for everybody. It's not just for a set number of people. Definitely, it really is. And man, we we appreciate you putting it like that and. And for being here talking with us today. it's It's been a really productive conversation. And I think we'll throw some links into the show notes to some of the Red Rock pages and also the Recreate Responsibly page. And the Facebook, the Facebook group and the Red Rock State Park Facebook page because they are doing an oh, awesome they do job rock out it there. Over there. Um, Check it out. Yep, yep. Because those, those videos always bring a smile to my face. If they're just, you guys are they're so funny. clever yeah, and funny with it that it's just, it's awesome. It's worth checking out. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jared. This was awesome. Yeah. Yep, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Hey, guys, thanks for listening today. And uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, we'd like to talk with you more. Yeah, definitely. So we have a really cool group on Facebook that you can join. It's called Explore AZ State Parks. And we talk about hikes. We're Me and Neil are in there on our personal accounts talking to people and giving tips and all that good stuff. There's um, a lot of cool stuff on there. Definitely. And um, there's a few other things you can do, too, to help us out. Well, you can subscribe to the podcast. Oh, yeah. If you like the episode, you definitely want to make sure that you know when the next one's coming out. You could probably share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. And I would even go so far as to ask them for a review, Neil. Yeah, I think that, that that's a good point, Randy. We'd love for you to review our podcast. Yeah, so there's like this little button where there's like five stars. We'd love to see five stars on there. That'd be great. Thanks Weird. again, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks.